Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. We're so glad to be with you today, wherever you are hearing this broadcast today, right there in cowboy country, Madison, North Florida, South Georgia, or whether you're listening from, uh, we know we have listeners from Pakistan because you've been in contact with us. We know we have listeners that are listening from Arizona, from West Virginia, from Africa, uh, in and around London, England. We're so glad that you have come to our website. We're glad that you listen to WMAF as it streams on the World Wide Web. You know, we have a mandate from Jesus Christ to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. And we're so thankful to be part of the broadcast family right here on WMAF. Classic country music, family friendly uh, to entertain you, and and classic gospel music and gospel preachers on here uh, to, to instruct you and inspire you on. Hallelujah. Praise God. We're glad for those whose live services are broadcast right here. If you can't get out to that local church there in Madison, you can listen to a live church service on Sunday. And and we just pray that we can be part and parcel of that great company publishing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. And we're not here to compete or compare. We're here to complement and cooperate to get the gospel to the world because I believe that Jesus is coming very, very soon. I believe we're living in the last of the last days. It can be argued that the last days, theologically argued, that it began on the day of Pentecost. And actually, I believe that is true. But I believe prophetically that we are now living in the last of the last days and that Christ could return at any moment and not do any injustice to the gospel. Hallelujah. So if you have your Bibles today, uh, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, 7, and 8. We're going to be talking about winning the battle of life. Winning the battle of life. So let's get ready to read it together. Now I will invite you, if you would like to come to our website, just type in Robert, Pastor Robert, V-E-N, V is in victory, V-E-N-A-B-L-E, Pastor Robert Venable, and it will take you to our website, or you can type in THCOG, and that stands for the Holy Church of God, right here in Tampa. Florida, and uh, it will take you to our website, and you can listen to any of the the uh, uh, editions of Let's Talk About Jesus that you may have missed. You can uh, download sermons. Uh, you can you can go to the scriptures to pictures, which will just bring the scripture alive. No strings attached. We just want to be a blessing to you, and we want to get the gospel to the nations of the world. Hallelujah. Amen. So let's read together uh, concerning winning the battle of life. Let's read Paul's victorious epitaph and see what he had to say about the battle that he ran and ran and won. (laughs) Hallelujah. Praise God. The race he ran, the race he won to win the battle of life, 2 Timothy 4, uh, verse 6, 7, and 8. Paul says, For I am now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. 
Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. You see, we have been given by the Lord everything we need to win the battle of life, to overcome the world, the flesh, and the devil himself. For God has given us all things in Christ that pertain to life and to godliness. And because He's provided spiritual armor unto you and to me and spiritual strength unto you and me and divine grace unto you and me, we are well qualified to win the battle of life. But I believe verse 8 is crucial to winning this battle. It's not just what God has provided. It's whether or not we have the incentive and the resolve to implement what He has provided. Paul said, anyone can win this battle. I am not unique. I am not super special. I have something within me that caused me to implement what God has granted to me to win it with. And that something is... I love, I long for, because I would love His appearing. Paul lived his life in the light of the soon coming of Jesus Christ. He longed for the Lord to return because he loved the Lord with all of his heart. You know, Jesus said, if a man loved me, that's the incentive. If a man love me, he will keep my commandments and they will not be grievous unto him. In other words, practicing the faith, following Christ, denying ourselves in order to take up a cross and follow him won't be something we dread, won't be something that puts us in some kind of fatalistic, uh, grief-stricken, uh, head bowed down attitude, but something that actually energizes us to live victorious for Christ, hallelujah, to do what we do for the glory of God in the name of Jesus, and to live this life every single day, to fight the good fight of faith and overcome that we might have victory in our life and bring honor to His name. It's a win-win when we win. And we will win if we love the Lord. That's why the first love is so crucial to our victory today. And that's why so many people with access to God's armament that we might overcome access to sufficiency of His grace, access uh, to the strength that the Holy Spirit gives us, uh, don't have the inner resolve and incentive to implement all of these provisions of God to run and to win the race of life. And friend of mine, I want you to know this was a victorious epitaph. Paul had the incentive. Paul had the resolve. And God granted him everything he needed to overcome. And it was while facing death as a martyr that Paul reflects upon his life and ministry. This champion for Jesus Christ, though tempted and tattered, beaten and battered on many occasions, tested and tried, after facing great battles within and without, he said, I've fought a good fight. I've finished the course. And I have kept the faith. You know, we used to sing that great camp meeting hymn, When the battle's over, we shall wear 
a crown. And we used to also sing, I'm on the battlefield for my Lord. And one of the verses said, when we won that battle, I'll lay my armor down, take up my robe and crown, and walk the golden streets with my Lord. Paul looked past all of the testings and all of the persecutions and oppositions that he faced. And he saw a day coming, a glorious day coming. Hallelujah. And it changed his whole perspective. He said, I suppose the sufferings of this present world, this present life in this fallen world, I suppose that these sufferings are not worthy to be compared to the glory that is going to be revealed in us on that day. You know, friend, in order to get through this day sometimes, living in a faulty body in a fallen world, we need to look past this day to that day that is coming. Praise God. Friend of mine, there's a day coming when the dead in Christ are going to rise. Hallelujah. And when we do, we're going to rise with His likeness. Praise God. It is a victory beyond anything we could ever imagine. But the beginning of that victory is winning the battle of life in the nasty here and now, not just in the sweet by and by. Paul absolutely declared he was victorious in battle. Victorious in battle. He said, I have fought a good fight. In the Greek, this is the Greek verb, agonizo, and it's from the noun agna, agon. From these root words, we get agonize and we get agony. These words came from the Greek verb ago as the root, meaning to lead, and agon, which was a gathering. Any great sports event is a great gathering. Taken together, Paul's statement could read, I have competed well in the great contest of life. In the great contest of life. Paul talked about and used that analogy in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 through 3. Listen to what he said. He said, Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Picture the grandstands full of people witnessing our contest, witnessing. You know, we're right in the middle of the Olympics right now when contestants come from all over the world to compete. And the crowd, the grandstands are full and the television sets create other witnesses to their efforts. And he said, because there's a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily ensnare us. And let us run with patience, the King James. And and the New King James says, with endurance, the race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You see, looking to Jesus, not just for encouragement because He's with us and and He's egging us on and, and, and leading us, but looking to Jesus suffering for us, dying on the cross, and saying to ourselves, 
if Jesus could suffer like this for my sake. Oh, friend, I can suffer persecution, opposition, and all the things that can be thrown at me uh, in order to bring honor to His name. When I run, I'm running to win this battle for the glory of my King. Hallelujah. It makes all the difference in the world when we have a desire in our heart to bring glory and honor to our God because of our victory. See, I don't want victory today when I'm sick just so I can watch television without pain. I want victory today so I can bring glory and honor to my sovereign and to my King. So Paul said, I've competed, I have competed well in the great contest of life. J.B. Phillips put it this way, the glorious fight that God gave me, I have fought. The glorious fight that God gave me, I thought it was the devil. I thought it was the culture. I thought it was just the fallen world giving me trouble. Fallen angels, demons. But no, he said, this is something that God has set for me to face and to overcome. This insight into trials and testings is the first great key to victory in battle. And that is that God orders the battle. God allows testings to teach us to trust Him, that He may release His strength into our lives and through our lives and thus demonstrate Christ's victory in our behalf. Praise God. When David faced and conquered Goliath, his faith prevailed and his God was glorified. So I want you to be fully assured today, your Goliath, your giant of circumstances, opposition or persecution will indeed fall. Don't give up. Don't give in. Your God is in control. Jehovah is in your corner. Don't back down from conflict. By faith, say with Paul of old to every single opponent, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. That's in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 13. I'm going to read that from the Amplified. It really does amplify it. It said, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything. I am equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. That is, I am all sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am all sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. That's not self-confidence in our own abilities, our own ingenuity. Uh, uh, it's, it is confidence in what God has provided in and through Jesus Christ to you and to me. When Paul understood God's grace is sufficient. He took pleasure in what once caused him pain and threatened to discourage him. <laughs> he ran with perseverance the race with, with problems and persecutions always uh, troubling him. But he knew that I can face all of this and more. That's why he said we are more than conquerors. 
through him that loved us. And Paul said to Satan, who is behind every opposition, literally, if you've come to fight, I'm going to win. Before the fight begins, he declared that I'm all sufficient, not in myself, but in Christ's sufficiency. You may feel like I could never qualify for Paul's epitaph like that. But I love the Lord. I love His appearing. Oh, I would love for Christ to come. I want to see Him. We used to sing it, didn't we? Oh, I want to see Him. Look upon His face there to sing forever of His saving grace. Oh, friend of mine, we need something back, I believe, particularly in the church in America that is so distracted by so many things that the world is is wooing us with and tempting us with and and becoming so tantalizing to us. I believe today the Holy Spirit is speaking to someone that the world is tantalizing you. But I believe the Holy Spirit is calling you out from among them and into this place where our sights are set on things above and not the things upon the earth. I'm going to go back to Colossians 3, 1, 2, and 4 once again. It simply says, if you be risen with Christ, if you've been born from above, if you've been truly born again, seek those things above where Christ sits on the right hand of God and set your affections on things above and not the things of this earth. You see, Paul had had offered to him the same uh, spiritual armor that's offered to you and to me. He had the same grace granted him that's available to you and to me. What made him different is because he had the resolve to implement that armor. He had the, the, the resolve to absolutely appropriate the grace that was granted him. He did not look back. He did not want anything of this world that was behind him. In fact, he said it, didn't he? Forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth to those things that are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling in Jesus Christ. Paul kept on keeping on. And that's one of the great keys to victory is, is, is patience uh, as it is interpreted in persistence, in pressing on, in endurance. You know, it's the Apostle Paul who said, Endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warreth entangleth himself with the affairs of this life. Now, we have to go to work to pay the light bill. If we, de- if we don't provide for our families, we've denied the faith. We have to take the, our daily responsibilities into, into consideration. But we do not want to be so caught up with the affairs of this life that we miss what God is calling every one of His children to. And that is to be about the Father's business, to set our affections, not upon the things of this world. If I had that home, if I had that jet ski, if I had that boat, I would be fulfilled and happy. Oh, no, friend. We knew when we started this thing that the things of this world would not fulfill us, that only Christ could fulfill us, and that our heavenly 
home is is far above uh, the things of this earth, and we should be looking for the return of our Savior. We should be longing to go back with Him to that new Jerusalem, that holy city that's going to come down one day as we come back with Him. Praise God. Amen. And But until then, if we're truly born again, we're to have our sights set on things above and not the things of the earth. And our affection, you see where your treasure is, that the, Jesus taught that's where your heart is going to follow. What you prioritize, see, that's where your heart is going to head. And if it's the things of this world, then your heart is going to be set on them, and Satan is going to easily defeat you. But if it's in that world to come, if it's in that city, if it's in that holy place, and that holy one that hung on the cross for us, then we will become servants of the Lord that God uh, that will be God honoring and that God will honor. We have everything Paul had available to you and to me this very day as children of the Most High God. We have the sufficiency of grace. We have God's own armor to take and put on. But we need the inner resolve to run with patience the race that is set before us. God will grant the grace. God, through the Holy Spirit, will provide the strength. But we need the inner resolve to appropriate what God has given us. For He's given us all things that pertains to life and godliness. You can win this battle today. I can win this battle today. Praise God. For every trial that comes is to qualify me for what God has provided for my victory and your victory today. 2 Corinthians 12, verse 7 through 10 is the trial of personal affliction, and Paul talked about it. He said, And lest I should be exalted above measure, through the abundance of the revelations there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest oh my look at the change not in his circumstance but in his perspective <laughs> amen it how can the devil defeat someone that 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 has this glorious change in perspective occur because he goes on and this thing was bothering him this thing was wearing him out and wearing him down and wearing him thin until God said my grace is sufficient for thee and my strength is made perfect in weakness and that meant Paul began to appropriate that grace experience that grace and he said everything has changed most gladly therefore Will I rather glory in my infirmities? He didn't ask God to take him from. He asked God and trusted God 
to take him through his trials and tests. And he said in verse 10, And therefore I will take pleasure in infirmities, <laughs> in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, <laughs> then will I be made strong. One translation says, My power shows up best in weak people. <laughs> Hallelujah. And now I am glad to boast about how weak I am. How glad to be a living demonstration of Christ's power instead of showing off my own power and abilities. Hallelujah. Amen. Since I know it's all for Christ's good and glory, I'm quite happy. In this paraphrase says about the thorn, about the insults, and about the hardships, persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, I am strong. The less I have, the more I depend on Him. Oh, friend, the more we depend on Him, the more of His grace is granted. The more of His strength is given us to where we could say with Paul of old, I can do all things, I am equal to any of these things that may occur in a faulty body in a fallen world with an enemy uh, so formidable as the devil himself and his minions. And by the way, his minions are not those little yellow guys that are in the cartoons. These are demons intent on persecuting and, and distracting and discouraging and doing everything in a destructive way they can in our life. But the Bible said we are not to be afraid. We are not to be intimidated. We, we should have an, a courageous attitude in our heart and in our life because we, because of God's provision in and through Christ by the power of His Holy Spirit within us, we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. But if we are never in that condition where we are totally dependent on the Lord, where we are feeling that sense of hopelessness but not helplessness. You know, some years ago, I had a, a, a bad stroke. About four years ago this December, I had a bad stroke and found myself in the kitchen floor completely helpless to hardly utter a word as the paralysis took hold of my 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 throat and and my body my legs my arms nothing would work uh, and as I laid in that floor my son who lives in a garage apartment we prepared for him he heard the crash when I hit the floor and he said what what is happening next door and he come running over and found his daddy who used to be a gym rat for many years and I used to go and work out and, and I had physical strength and I preached under a heavy anointing and had physical strength. But I found myself helpless laying in the floor and, and God became my only hope. I was helpless, but I was not hopeless because when I was weak and put my trust 100% in Him, I found grace sufficient 
I found strength and in three days walked out of a hospital without any semblance, without any need for any therapy. A total healing occurred. And the nurse told me in the elevator going down to leave the hospital, I deal with these things all the time. And I want you to know, sir, you are a miracle. And I want you to know, sir and ma'am, listening to this broadcast today, whatever weakens you, whatever brings you to an end of yourself, will be the place that God can do His greatest work within you. And when that occurs, you can look back and say, I fought a good fight. (laughs) Hallelujah. And it's the good fight of faith because it's that exclusivity of our trust in the Lord that allows us to implement all that He's provided for us in Christ and by the Holy Spirit. Well, our time is almost gone today. I know that the Lord is speaking to someone in this listening audience today. And I know without any shadow of a doubt that He's calling you. I know that He's calling you to come to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. And you're saying, but I can't live the Christian life. And you know something, you can't. I can't. I don't claim to be able to. But I claim to be enabled to by the grace and strength that He imparts. So I pray that you will come to Christ right where you are, just like you are, and let Him forgive your sin, repent of your sin, receive Christ as your Savior, and let Him grant to you the sufficient grace to stand and to be victorious in life. And today, if you're a Christian, don't look back. Don't turn back. If you've been weakened by it all, look up. God will grant you sufficient grace and strength where you can say, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. Well, we love you. Would you come back next week and let's talk about Jesus. Jesus.